Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And thank you for subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out on this podcast. We're going to take it back. We're going back to November 21st, 2000. On that day. Erica Badu released her second studio album entitled Mama's Gun. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're probably like me and you're like, you got to be kidding. This album is not turning 20 years old, but it actually is. And it's crazy when you think about it, because I know I speak for a lot of people when I say that this album, when you listen to it, It doesn't sound like an album that was 20 years ago. It sounds like an album that is still relevant to this day. But on this podcast, we're going to talk about, you know, the album. We're going to talk about, obviously, the production, uh, what went into it, and much, much more from Erica Badu. Um, I guess before we get into the album, um, we probably need to go back to 2000. Uh, What was interesting to me about this album was the landscape of which... Um, you know, where music was at that time in 2000. Um, I'll be honest. I was kind of moving away from um, hip hop at the time. And I was kind of moving away from R&B at the time, too, because everything seemed just, I don't know, weird. <laughs> A lot of stuff was whack. It just didn't feel and look like the music that I grew up on or, or, you know, just really kind of gravitating towards. Um, But I will say this, there was a bubbling genre of music um, that had been bubbling for a few years that I was, you know, definitely intrigued by. And um, I really devoted a lot of my time and my efforts and my ears to, and that was Neo Soul. And, um, for Erica Badu, this would be, you know, her second quote unquote neo soul album. Uh, her first album was Baduism, which came out in 1997. So with this being a follow up to Baduism, uh, it was going to be interesting to see how it looked, how it sounded. Um, and, you know, she was going through changes. And I mean, just like anybody else, I was going through changes as well. Uh, I remember this very vividly because. This album came out in November of 2000, November 21st. Um, The year before, in 1999, I became a father for the first time. And then in September of 2000, I got married. So, you know, I was going through a whole bunch of stuff as far as like just new, new, I guess a new way of living for me, uh, which was really, really good. And, um, I found myself, you know, kind of maturing a little bit more and and also, you know, just really getting into, you know, music that was really, you know, kind of speaking to me. And, um, you know, Baduism was an album that definitely spoke to me. So I was really, really interested to see how this would look 
and how it would sound. Um, but as I mentioned before, you know, music was starting to change, at least on the landscape of things, it was starting to change. But um, at the beginning of 2000, <laughs> D'Angelo dropped Voodoo. And then later on in 2000, uh, Jill Scott hit us with um, Who is Jill Scott? Volume one. Uh, so to say that my faith was renewed in music is an understatement. Uh, I loved both of those albums. And, um, you know, so I was really, you know, really, really interested to see what uh, Mama's Gun would sound like. Uh, we we kind of got when uh, early in the year that it would be coming. Uh, obviously, there was no Internet back in 2000. Uh, so, I mean, well, there was the Internet, but I mean, nobody was on the Internet at the time. We were outside. Um, <laughs> so it wasn't like it is now. There was no social media, I guess I should say. So um, we were eagerly anticipating this album. And, um, you know, one of the things that I knew that would be intriguing to me about the album would be uh, how it looked, how it sounded, how it felt. But also uh, we were privy to knowing that Erica Badu uh, was in a relationship at the time that she started recording this album um, and she had a son and father of the son her boyfriend at the time um Andre 3000 from Outkast so those are two very <laughs> eclectic people <laughs> shout out to eclectic um yeah so you know we didn't know you know how it was going to look or how it was going to sound but I, I was very intrigued as to uh what this album would feel like um I do remember going to the record store to purchase it the day that it came out. I went to Best Buy and copped it. Uh, never forget that. And um, I just remember going home and, you know, unlike my college days and my uh, my um, you know early bachelor days, you know, I'm, I'm a man with a wife and a kid now, so I can't just, you know, come home and just ignore everybody and just, you know, listen to music. But I, rem- I distinctly remember waiting until... You know, my my wife went to sleep and my son was asleep and I just put it on and I was like, I turned everything. I never forget this. I turned everything off. I didn't want, you know, my phone to ring. I didn't want any, I didn't want to be just, you know, distracted or anything. And I just sat and listened. And the first time I heard it, man, I was blown away. I was like, yo, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. This album was incredible. Um, so yeah I just those things will always stand to me because um, you know where I was at the time and you know just kind of adjusting through life but this album um, really spoke to me and and a lot of other people as well Uh, now this this album like I said was it was commercially received very well now I will say this much wherein Baduism I think sold triple platinum i think this album went like double platinum so it didn't sell as well as as baduism but that doesn't mean that it was um it wasn't as good in fact i'll touch on that a little bit later uh in the podcast but i just remember my first you know listen to that album and it was just (laughs) i just wanted to run through a wall man it was crazy um but yeah and obviously you know some of the things that stood out about the album first and foremost was the production um, you cannot ignore the sounds of this album. 
Um, the sounds of this album give this album structure. It makes the album feel a certain way. And, um, you know, to put it lightly, it's it's a mood like this album puts you in the mood. This is one of those albums where you could literally do multiple things. You could put it on chilling with your girl. You could put it on just riding in a car. You could put it on just cleaning your house. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a lot of different range of emotions and things that you can take from this album. But um, those were just some of my first memories of just, like I said, listening to it and vibing to it. Um, and once I listened to it for the first time, uh, it was something that was in my rotation for the better part of the next year or so. Um, never took it. And, you know, shout out, this was shout out to the <laughs> six disc CD changer that I had in my car. Uh, yeah, it was um, Baduism never came out of this out of the changer for real. Um, but, yeah, this was this was a, a great album. The production. I mean, obviously, some of the major heavy hitters, Erica Badu wrote most of this album. I think she wrote every song on the album or at least co-wrote. Um, but it was produced by Erica Badu, uh, James Poyser, the great James Poyser, um, my man Questlove from The Roots, uh, Pino Palandino, the great Pino Palandino, uh, and the late great king of beats, James Yancey, a.k.a. Jake Dilla, uh, also receiving uh Production credits, Ja Bourne, uh, Stephen Marley, uh, Sean Martin, Snook Young, Braylo Lacey, Gino Young, Gino Englehart, and Victor Duplay. Um, now, this album was recorded at Jimi Hendrix's world-famous studio, Electric Lady Studios in New York City. Now, what's interesting about the recording of this album was that at the time that it was being recorded, uh, both Badu and my man Questlove from The Roots, they were working together. And obviously, but at the time, Questlove was also working on two other albums in that same Electric Lady studio. Studio, um, In one room, he had, uh, it was D'Angelo working on Voodoo. And in another studio room, he was working with Common on the album Like Water for Chocolate, uh, which I did a review on with my man B. Cox from the Vault Classic podcast review. So make sure you check that out, too, as well, if you haven't done so already. Now. And obviously, I did a review for uh, Voodoo earlier this year. Um, but two phenomenal albums. And what what what's really interesting to me was how Quest Love was able to go back and forth between these studios and produce this great music. So you have that backdrop, you know, having, having the album crafted and created at most, at least most of it at electric lady studios, like I said, which was uh, Jimi Hendrix uh, studio. And so that's the backdrop of, you know, this album, um, incredible piece of work. Uh, the production, um, is one of the things that, really makes you feel good about this. And it the, the production kind of takes you through a range of emotions and what Erica's singing about takes you through a range of emotions. It could be the high energy from a song like Penitentiary Philosophy um, or just something smoothed out like Orange Moon. Uh, it just depends, man. And really, this is one of those albums where 
you could put it on and <laughs> your mood could change in the middle of a song. I mean, you take a song like Green Eyes, which we'll touch on a little later. Uh, I think the beat changes like three times on Green Eyes. So, you know, um, but this is a phenomenal album production wise and they don't waste any time, uh, you know, crafting this album. And so if you do nothing else, um, make sure when you listen to this album, because if you haven't listened to it, you need to listen to it. But after this podcast, you should definitely pick it up, give it a few spins, because it is something that you can do just about anything to. And what Erica's singing about is something that, you know, kind of takes you to different emotions and different places, too, as well. So you definitely want to give this a listen after you listen to this podcast. Um, this is a great place to take a quick commercial break. Uh, on the break, we'll hear from Erica Badu and she'll tell us, you know, how she how and why she's, you know, famously notorious known on Twitter and how she you know enjoys Twitter. So on the other side of the break, we will present to you Mama's Gun 20 years later right here on the 12 Kyle podcast. So sit tight. We'll be back in just a sec. I follow at least, you know, a quarter of the people that follow me. And it's just so interesting to go down my timeline and to read people's perspectives and point of views on things, you know. It's super hilarious. It's somebody talking about God. It's somebody talking about hoes. And it's somebody talking about money. So it's just always like that. No matter how far you go down, you're going to get those three things. Holes, God, and money in that order. To me, you know, there's really no rules to Twitter. It's just don't talk shit. Then you won't get, you know, embarrassed in front of your friends. And I love to laugh at you, especially if you talk a shit. Just remember now, on this platform, I got, I'm the big dog. Not because I have the most followers, but because my pen is lethal. So, if you step in, come with a good pen. And just like that, we are back. Once again, it's your boy 12 Kyle. This is the 12 Kyle podcast, and we are talking about Mama's Gun from Erica Badu 20 years later. Wow, it's still crazy to even think that this album is 20 years old. Uh, as I mentioned before the break, we were going to talk about the tracks on the other side. Um, the album kicks off with so much high energy with track number one, Penitentiary Philosophy. Uh, now I'll say this, it wasn't until like maybe <laughs> like a couple of years ago, like there's some talking back and forth, uh, kind of whispering or whatever at the beginning of the track is Erica Badu. She's kind of listing some things that she needs to do and remind herself. And I'm going to be honest, like it wasn't until like a couple of years ago, I, I had my headphones on one day and I actually heard what she was saying because I never really paid attention to it. I just, you know, just because I put it like this, it's, it's in such a low kind of murmur, like unless you have earbuds, AirPods, 
in your head. You probably won't hear it unless you turn it up really, really loud. But um, uh, it does that. And then it jumps off into track one, uh, Penitentiary Philosophy, which was uh, produced by Erica Badu, uh, the great James Poyser, of course, Questlove, and the great, the legend, Pino Palandino. Um, so, yeah, this one, man, I mean, so much high energy, uh, which is interesting because the album really is pretty mellow um, throughout. It's not as um, not really a lot of uptempo tracks on this album, but this doesn't, you know, kind of signify as to what the album's going to sound like. But I love the energy. I love how she comes off and what she's singing about. Um, man, this this joint just it, it bumps. It bumps uh, from front to back. Uh, one thing I did notice about when I went back and, you know, obviously listened to the album, you know, preparing for this, um, she's got some joints on here that are relatively long songs, but the songs don't feel long. In fact, I will go as to say that this is one of the best sequenced albums that, probably came out that year in fact probably in the 2000s and the reason why I say that is because as you're listening to these songs if you're not really paying attention it goes from one song to the next but the songs don't sound the same so you get a different vibe and you get a different sound but the feel of it is just it's kind of hard to explain but it, it doesn't feel like um, you know these tracks ever end but the tracks don't run together but they kind of do but in a great way. So, you know, if you're not looking at your, you know, whatever you're listening to it on, you can move from one song to the next and the transition is seamless. And, you know, the way that it sounds and the, the authenticity of the sound, I think, uh, is, um, is incredible. Um, then track two, (sighs) didn't you know, man, what can I say about this one? This, this is my favorite track on the album, right? Um, it is produced by the late, great, the king of beats, my man, Jay Dilla. Um, this joint, man, just, whew. This is, <laughs> this is one of the few songs that I can honestly say on this album where Badu really ain't got to sing. <laughs> I could just sit and just listen to this beat on a loop and just be good. Um, but uh, the harmonies and everything, man, and obviously Jay Dilla, uh, the, the, like I said, I call him the king of beats. Um, this guy is uh, ahead of his time. And this was this song was. I just remembered like listening to it the first time and just my mouth being on the floor like. You know, I can't believe he did that. Like, where, where, did, where do these sounds come from? But um, Badu crushes it. Um, then we move to track uh, three, My Life. Uh, another one that is produced by Erica Badu, James Poyser, and J.D., J. Dilla. Um, here's another one where I think, you know, when you listen to it, it just, the the beat and everything just kind of draws you in like, you can't help but feel the vibe on this one. And I mean, like, it's, you know, kind of jazzy, kind of up-tempo a little bit. But um, 
you know, Erica Badu's voice is very soothing. Um, that's one of the things that I think stood out to me just from Baduism to um to Mama's Gun. I remember um going around, you know, to uh, <laughs> a couple of spoken word spots here in the city of Atlanta where I live. Uh, and this was always playing, man. They would always put this joint on, man, because, you know, this is a joint that you could, you know, kind of just vibe to, you know, kind of set the mood or whatever for a spoken word party or whatever. Um, so, yeah, that was, uh, that's my joint. Um, again, dope, dope song. Um, the next track, track four and on. Now, you know, of course, she said on and on for the first album. Um, oh man, this joint. I never get tired of hearing this song. Um, this song was produced by uh, Ja Born and Erica Badu. And, um, man, listen. <laughs> this is my joint. Another one that I think is just, like I said, Erica is just really just, she's just jamming on this. And I wonder, you know, when they were having their studio sessions as far as making this, I wonder when, I wonder what went into her writing process. Um, you know, Erica Badu has a, a very good, I shouldn't say good. She has a great pen. And, you know, when she says, <laughs> what do your words do if they can't understand you? I mean, like that speaks because a lot of times, you know, especially at that particular time, people were just interested in putting words together and not necessarily putting words together to be understood or to send a particular meaning or message. And so, um, you know, that, that's, that's, that's my joint, man. Um, next track, track five, clever, (laughs) laid back, I'm gonna tell you something, man. This this joint right here. I don't smoke, <laughs> but if I did smoke, I'd be smoking to this. <laughs> um, she she had me. She always cracks me up when she said, "Without a bra, my ninny start to sag." She's meaning her breasts. Uh, <laughs> breasts. <laughs> ninny is a word for breasts. Um, that always made me chuckle because that's something I heard as a as a little kid. Oh, ninnies. <laughs> Freaking ninnies. <laughs> Let me suck on your ninnies. That's, that sounds silly in and of itself. But, um, yeah, man, this joint produced by Badu and James Poyser. Um, banger, banger, banger. Um, the next track, track six, Hey Sugar, which is an interlude um, that was produced by Erica Badu. Another, that's, that's it. It's only 54 seconds, but this joint is real smooth. I mean, it's real smooth. And it's a great lead in to the next track. Booty. (laughs) Well, first and foremost, booty starts off with crazy drum solo at the beginning by my man Questlove. And crazy i love i mean like and he doesn't have any credits on this but i mean i know that this is quest love i mean you if you listen to the roots or you listen to black thought you know 
quest loves drums um at least i do <laughs> but um so he starts off with a drum solo and then on booty man but i do is just talking shit and i love it because it's not it's not anything malicious you know it's kind of like it's very reminiscent of a lot of the r&b music that i heard growing up as a kid where a woman would be singing about a man and she's like look hey I don't want your man. Your man wants me like that type of thing. Like, don't don't get mad at me because your man wants me. And I mean, you know, that's what Erica Badu is saying. Everybody on this joint. She's like, look, I don't want him. You know, you got all of this stuff over here. But, you know, your man wants me and I, <laughs> I got a GED. I mean, she crushes it, man. She's this is the proverbial shit talking song that like i said this is more this is kind of like an ode to the 70s and the 80s but just jazzy as hell funky um love this joint man um then we move to track eight um kiss me on my neck <sighs> man listen produced by uh erica badu uh jay dilla and james poiser um I mean, she says, I want somebody to walk up behind me and kiss me on my neck. I mean, who doesn't want to be kissed on their neck? I know you do. Put your hand down. <laughs> um, This joint, man. Here's another one where I think when I listen to both Baduism and, you know, Mama's Gun and, and, Honestly, I listened to both albums like back to back, as I mentioned on the previous podcast about D'Angelo. Like I don't listen. If I listen to Brown Sugar, I listen to Voodoo. If I listen to Voodoo, I got to listen to Brown Sugar. It's the same for me. These two albums are you know synonymous with each other, although they, they don't sound the same at all. And um, I think this is one that probably could have made um, Baduism one of the few that probably could have made Baduism, but. I'm glad it's made it, it was on this album because <laughs> it totally fits. Um, but yeah, this joint just jams front to back. Um, then on track nine, we slow it down. AD 2000. Um, I remember, you know, listening to it the first couple of times with, you know, no type of context or you know any type of uh, you know reasoning for what the song was about um but what she does on this joint is she crafts a song that actually play, pays homage to uh, Amadou Diallo uh, if you're familiar with history Amadou Diallo was the 23 uh, year old immigrant in New York City who was shot and murdered by in 1999 by four uh, New York City police officers. Um, he was reportedly mistaken for a rape suspect and died in a hail of bullets. Uh, I think they shot him over 40 times. Um, and one of the things that Badu said in the song was that the lyric said, you won't be naming no buildings after me. My name will be misstated, surely. Um, so what she does in this song is she pens a political statement 
without being overtly political. Uh, she pins a statement of, you know, like, look, we're tired of this. And, and when you hear this song and you understand what it is she's talking about, a lot of that can be reflective upon, you know, where we are today at the time of this recording in 2000, excuse me, in 2020, 20 years later, um, you know, dealing with, you know, poverty and crime and, you know, being murdered by those who are hired to protect us and then being able to walk away scot-free uh, once that happens. Um, so one of the things about this song is that even though it's a political song, it makes a political statement, doesn't feel like that. Uh, it's still smooth as hell. Um, again, <laughs> one of those joints is you could literally just kind of sit back and smoke one too. Um, then when you move to track 10, um, orange moon, uh, this one was produced by Erica Badu. Um, man, what can I say about this song? That first and foremost, this song is, um, seven minutes long. And I can honestly say that it is a song that is seven minutes long that does not feel like it's seven minutes long. Right. Um, I think Erica Badu, you know, she, she really answers some questions here on this one. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning, she had, you know, a very public relationship and, you know, they had a child, you know, with, uh, Andre 3000 from outcast. And part of this song is, you know, kind of speaking to that and dedicated towards, you know, what happened uh, with them. Uh, she did that on this track as well as uh, the final track, Green Eyes, which we'll talk about in just a second. Um, but uh, like I said, it's, it's a long song, but it doesn't feel long at all. It's one of those joints, man. Um, I remember <laughs> I remember just sitting down. We were having dinner one night and I just put this joint on and I just had it on repeat and my wife looked over Sharice was like what are you doing why why does this song keep playing I was like because I just this is all I wanted to hear like it is so dope um and this joint goes all all day long um but again another banger um then you move to track 11 uh I'm in love with you by Stephen Marley uh this is produced by Erica Badu and Stephen Marley um this joint is a very good song, a very, very good song. I will be the first to admit it is my least favorite song on the album. It's not a skip for me. I think it's a dope song. It is my least favorite song on the album. And that's saying a lot because honestly, there's very little that I dislike about this album. In fact, there's nothing that I dislike about the album. Um, this is just my least of the favorites, if if you will. Um, but still a, a good joint to listen to. Um, and then you move on to track 12. That would be Bag Lady, uh, produced by Erica Badu uh, with my man Roy Ayers uh, doing his thing. Um, man, listen. Um this probably I'm going to guess and say this was the biggest single off the album. Um, 
when you listen to what it is that she's singing about, it makes total sense. And I think Badu, I mean, like, <laughs> I remember having this discussion with one of my boys, and he was like, man, Erica Badu could sing the alphabet, and you'd buy the album. <laughs> and, and I mean, that's that's just how it is, man. She is just, her voice is so smooth, so soothing. And she's a very, very good, you know, poet and writer, orator. Um, and this song speaks to all of that. Um, then we move to track 13, Times A-Wasting. Uh, another smooth joint. Um, you know, she touches on a lot of different things. Uh, you know, just talking about, you know, what we should be doing, not just individually, but what we should be doing as men and women, particularly black men and women. Um, you know, again, even when she's quote unquote teaching lessons, it's not something that comes off as preachy or, you know, over the top. Um, and I love that about this album. Um, and then we end the song, I'm sorry, Times of Wasting was produced by Erica Badu, uh, Lacey, Young, and Eagleheart, and Martin. Um, and then the last track, which was, produ- which was produced by Victor Duplay, James Poyser, and Erica Badu, uh, the aforementioned Green Eyes. This joint is 10 minutes long. And it doesn't feel like a song that's 10 minutes long. <laughs> uh, like I mentioned earlier, you know, she does, you know, kind of get into a little uh, as to, you know, what you know, happened with her and and Andre 3000. And she talks about her feelings and her, you know, vulnerability. You know, she said, never thought that I'd get this, you know, never thought I'd feel like this. Um, I'm I'm sorry, never knew that love would hurt like this. Never knew that I'd get this. Um, And, you know, she touches on a lot of different things. And uh, she said, I changed my name to Silly E. Badu. And um, I think one of the things about this song is that you can appreciate her vulnerability. Because, again, at the time, everybody knew that, you know, she had broken up with or, you know, that their relationship had fizzled. Um, It was highly published. Not as much as, you know, like you would probably know now. But we knew we knew enough that they weren't together anymore. And, um, you know, I thought this was a great closeout to the album again. A 10 minute song that does not feel like it's 10 minutes. And the beat changes, I think, three times, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Dope, dope track. Incredible, phenomenal track to finish off the album. Um, So, yeah, that's that's the album. Uh, Mama's Gun. This is an incredible piece of work. Um, I'll say this. And as I mentioned earlier about, you know, Baduism and. Um, Mama's Gun. Now, here's the question that everybody always asks. Which is better? Baduism or Mama's Gun? Now, for me, I gotta say, and it's close. It is really close. But I gotta say, I, I gotta say Mama's Gun. Slightly. Ever so slightly. And I love both albums. But Mama's Gun, I think Mama's Gun kind of it, it 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 gives you it breathes something into you. And it also gives you an idea of how we tend to you know get tired 
of the trials and tribulations, but it also gives you hope. Um, it talks about, you know, anything from, like you said, just poverty to, you know, the, the threat of police brutality. Um, and then also the baggage from, you know, relationships, good relationships and bad relationships. And then sometimes the voices that are head, that the voices that are in our head that just won't get out, you know, to be honest, uh, and just speaking to our sensibilities and our vulnerabilities as well. Uh, so I'll give the slight nod to um, <laughs> to Mama's Gun. Uh, I know this isn't the source, but if I had to rate it on a mic system uh, with five mics, with five being the highest, uh, five being a classic, uh, four being uh, superior, three being good, two being okay, one being whack, um, this five mic album. <laughs> it goes without saying. This is a five mic album. There's no tracks to skip. I mean, again, I, I have the one track that I don't like as much as the others, but I'm not skipping it. Um, as my man uh, B Cox over at uh, the Vault Classic Podcast Review, they always say uh, certified classic. Yeah, th- this here is a certified classic. Um, and it's something, man, that again, I never get tired of listening to. I, I would implore each and every one of you. If you haven't done so already, make sure that you go back and check out this album. Give it uh, as much of your attention as you can, because I I guarantee once you listen to it, you'll probably listen to it again and again. Uh, It is one of those albums that I think that even some 20 years later, it still feels like it did to me the day that it was released, November 21st in 2000. Still feels the same. And I mean, that's the definition of great timeless music that's gonna do it for me ladies and gentlemen thanks again for checking out the latest edition of the 12 kyle podcast i'm your boy 12 kyle i'll catch you guys next time Five thousand.